Father, we come to you this morning and we do just declare that you are holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And we thank you, God, that we can come in just a, such a simple way, just a guitar and, and singing some songs. And God, you respond, God, when your saints lift up their voice in worship. And Father, we thank you for joining us here. We thank you for your presence. And God, we just ask that as we hear your words spoken to us this morning, God, that you'd speak to our hearts and just show us what we need to see this morning, God. We love you, and we give the rest of this time to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right. Say with me, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God are all we need, and we need each desperately. All right, let's try it again. We were kind of off. One, two, three, go. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God are all we need, and we need each desperately. All right. The scripture for today, Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, we have parables of Jesus that describe what the kingdom of God is like. And the two parables that I want to talk about today is the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great price. Verse 44, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. You have two different experiences with the same result. That's really the heart of this, these two parables that support each other is the result. What happened? What took place? Let's get to that in a moment. First of all, you've got two different approaches or two different experiences. And so in both parables, the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. If you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like, this is one of the things that we can look to to see this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like people of differences having the same experience. You have in this first parable, you have a surprised finder. He's a surprised finder. He was just out working in that field. He didn't own the field. He was either uh, a hired, hired hand or perhaps he was leasing the land to farm. You know, that has been going on for hundreds of years where they don't own the land, but they're a farmer and they pay the landowner so much money or a portion of the profit they make from the crop. But they don't own the land. They work the land. And, and perhaps that's this guy's situation. I can just picture there in Israel, 
uh, a farmer out there in the middle of the field on a hot, you know, day, um, you know, with a plow behind a mule or, uh, you know, a horse perhaps, or perhaps some kind of uh, water buffalo or something like that, and he's, he's working his field, and he's preparing the field for his crop. And, and he's got that plow on the ground, and he's got the reins over his shoulders, and he's working them like you do, and, and he's trying to keep that plow upright. Have you ever done that? That's the hard thing, is to keep the plow in the ground, keep it where it needs to be, and, and, and you've got to really work hard to keep it from uh, tilting over, and then it would veer off a little bit to keep that row straight. And so he's plowing that field, and walking along and, and probably daydreaming. You know, when you've done something over and over and over, you daydream. You know, you just kind of go on autopilot. You probably have experienced, I, I hope you've experienced, because I experience it all the time. Maybe I'm just the only one. But on my way home, since I go the same way every day pretty much on the way home, because that's the only way to go home, is all of a sudden I remembered that I was on the interstate and now... I'm pulling up by the John Deere place. Man, I've gone by Chick-fil-A. I've gone by hundreds of cars. I've gone across three lights. How in the world did I get here? And, and I don't know what I did. I don't know if I read a, ran a red light. Does anybody else have that issue or just me? You know, now you're going to, here he comes. Get out of the road. He, you know, is he paying attention or not? But I, I, I daydream a lot. And I guess you just kind of go on automatic pilot there for a while. And so he's coming along and he hits something, and he's got whoa, 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 Nelly, whoa, Nelly, back on up, sugar, come on. And he has to set the plow aside, and he goes, man, I thought I had all the rocks out of this field. And he gets down on his hands and knees, and he, he digs down in the field, and hidden in the field is treasure that's greater and better than everything he owns. People say it was lots of money, perhaps. It was gems, perhaps. We don't know what it was. But it was something that was substantial. And here he is, a surprised finder. Just working. Just going through life. Just doing what he does every single day. And he finds something just surprisingly. And then you have here in these two parables... You've got the merchant. Now, the merchant is a serious seeker. He's not a surprise finder. He is looking all over for pearls of great value. He buys pearls and then sells it for a profit. And so he perhaps he travels all the oceans of the world and, and he's always going into port cities and, and he, he knows where to go to, to search for these pearls. And this merchant is always on the look for a pearl. I'm sure he's got a network out there of people that, that give him information. He's probably always, every single day, waking up thinking, you know, where, what, where am I going to go next? I, I've got to find more and more and more pearls. And when he's searching, just searching and searching and searching, he finds a pearl that is beyond anything he's ever found before. 
It's the jackpot. It's the lottery. It's the big one. And when he finds that one special pearl, he sells everything he owns to buy that one pearl. Now, you have a surprise finder and a serious seeker. Both experience the same thing. They find something so great that they sell all they have to have what they find. Jesus said, that's the way the kingdom of God is. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Different people come down different roads. They have different experiences. They have, they have different ways of living, but they find a treasure that they wouldn't take anything for. And they sell everything they have to buy, to purchase what they discover. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. When you find the kingdom of heaven, when you experience the fullness of Christ, when you discover that Jesus is who Jesus says he is, you won't take anything for it. You won't take anything for it. So the lessons for us today, if you can take or leave Jesus, you haven't experienced Jesus. You haven't experienced him. If you can take or leave him. If, if, the, if Jesus and the things of Jesus and the things of the kingdom of God are one of many checkpoints in your priority list, then you haven't experienced him. Because Jesus said that the kingdom of God is something that you will sell everything you have to purchase. It is better. It is greater. It is more important. It is more substantial than everything in your life. And so if Jesus is one of many things in your life that you hold as dear and important, then according to Jesus, you haven't discovered the kingdom of God. You may, have, you, you may be on the periphery. You, there may be things about the kingdom of God that, that appeal to you. Maybe some of the teachings appeal to you. Maybe the morality appeals to you. Maybe the, 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 the fellowship in the body of believers appeals to you. But... But if, if you have not experienced something that you won't take anything for, then according to Jesus, you haven't, you haven't experienced the kingdom because they found something that they were willing to give up, give away, sell all they had to buy it. Something else we see here is in this situation, obviously in working it out, the kingdom completely satisfies. Completely satisfies. I mean, if, if you, the surprise finder finds a treasure hidden in the field and he sells all he has to buy that field, that treasure must satisfy. Right? 
the serious seeker, he finds that one pearl that's better than all the other pearls he's ever seen, most likely all the pearls he's ever heard about. It's the one, it's pure, it's huge, it's so valuable, and he sells everything he can. Then it's saying that that one pearl was beyond everything, that the kingdom of heaven completely, totally satisfies. And if we're not okay with God's lot for us, with our lot of life, how God has wired it to be for us, then we're not quite experiencing his kingdom. His kingdom. His kingdom completely satisfies. David's son, Solomon, was the king after David, now, Solomon was really smart. Solomon was really wealthy. Solomon was geared for pleasure. And Solomon was a reflector of things. Saul, I mean, uh, uh, Solomon being so smart, having so much, I reckon he had lots of time of, of boredom. That's what I think. And he did a lot of thinking about things that are really valuable for us to hear. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes Proverbs, those are extremely important writings for us to, to soak into and learn from. A lot of good tidbits about life. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, you know, I thought the answer was in work. And so I worked and I built and I led and I created in my kingdom. Now, he had no limits. There was nothing. No one hold him back saying, Solomon, you got to quit doing all this. He could do whatever he wanted to. And, and he was able to build a master city. For himself. And I'm sure at the end of each day, he looked at the, the, the work that had been accomplished and he said, man, that feels good. But as time went on, he began to discover that work and getting pleasure out of work was like chasing the wind. And then it was pleasure. Now, he had all those concubines, lots of pleasure around. He had all the wine he wanted. He had all the drink he wanted. He had all kinds of food. There was no limit to what he didn't have. And he, he just soaked up pleasure, lived for pleasure. Go after life with all the gusto you can and experience as much Pleasure in life as you can. Make life a 24-7 you know, vacation. He had the ability to do that. And, and, and after a time of, of nothing but pleasure, then Solomon goes, this is like chasing the wind. And after pleasure, it was knowledge. It was knowledge. Get all the knowledge you can. Soak up all the books. 
Soak up all the knowledge. I, I picture Solomon bringing in all the great minds of the world and asking them questions and cataloging everything and getting it all together and discovering all the things that people know out there. And, and I kid you not, there's great, uh, uh, there's great contentment in knowledge. It's, it's fun to learn things. I love learning about history. And I, learn, I, I, I like watching those, those programs that teach how things are made. I think that's really cool. And, and I go, oh, well, I see. And, and learning about things and, and just soaking up knowledge is really a, 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 it's, it's a temporary fixer for lots of ills in life. And he sought knowledge and he was able to get knowledge and he was able to retain knowledge. His Proverbs, obviously, the man was sharp. But then he said, man, all the knowledge in the world is like chasing the wind. And so there was pleasure, there was work, there was knowledge. And he just went after it. And everything that he tried, he put all he had into it. And, and at the end of the day, he goes, it's like chasing the wind. Now, think about what it's like to chase the wind. <laughs> chase the wind. It was real windy yesterday. What would it have been like if you said, I'm going to chase the wind. Maybe we should go home this afternoon if the wind gets up. Maybe we should go chase the wind. Well, you're going to chase the wind and you're going to find out where the wind starts. All right. So I'm going to head down the road with the wind in my face. And I'm going to hop across the fence and I'm going to go through those people's backyard and I'm going to keep on walking and, and, and I'm going to find where that wind starts. And, and I'm going to walk maybe an hour or two and then that wind's going to slightly change and come from another direction. I'm going to have to turn and walk down that way and then I'm going to walk another way. I, I'm going to have to walk all day. And then when the nighttime comes, more than likely, that old wind is going to die down. What have I gained? Well, I, I walked a few steps. But I didn't find the answer to the wind. And every single day that you chase the wind, you're, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to be content chasing the wind. You're never going to find it. Solomon said it. He said, look, you can try everything the world has to offer. and There's many great things to try. But until you recognize that it's God and obedience, you're never going to be content. So, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is a, is a life. It is a source. It, it is a kingdom that when you experience it, it's going to fulfill everything. You're going to be content. Another thing Solomon talked about is wealth. He said, pursue wealth. Work hard to get as much wealth as you can uh, put together. 
And hopefully then, one day, you'll get to the place where you'll be satisfied with the amount of money you've piled up. And he said that too is like chasing the wind. Chasing the wind. So you got a surprise finder. And you have a serious seeker. Two different approaches. People find the kingdom of God in a surprising way. Weren't after it, wasn't thinking about it, wasn't, weren't, they weren't going down the road trying to discover the meaning of life. They just have an experience, and that experience leads to Christ, leads to the kingdom. But when they experience it, it is beyond everything they've ever, ever dreamed about. And so they go and they sell all they have and buy it. Then you have a serious seeker. Oh, man, always looking for the meaning of life, always looking to find purpose. Then he finds it. And when he finds it, he goes, oh, my goodness, isn't this something? And he sells everything he has to buy what he sought, the kingdom of heaven. Are you content are you learning to be content? Is there a possibility for contentment in your world? Are you fighting? Are you fighting within your life? Are you, are you at home in your skin? Or is, is there always a desire for more? Is there always a need for different? Is there always a goal for something better than what you've ever experienced? Then Jesus says you have not experienced the kingdom of God. A surprise finder finds a treasure that he sells everything he owns to buy. That's what the kingdom of God is like. A serious seeker finds that one pearl of great price and sells everything he has for that one pearl. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Help us, Lord, to understand today your words. Help us, Lord, to, to be open to what your spirit is saying today. We praise you. We thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.